forever. Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary stories, stories to, to Tell, tell on the pod. pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legisodes, scary things you tell us about, suspected rumblings of ghostly activities, animals with human eyes, <laughs> elderly women with stories to tell. Um, what else? Weird smells, um, things you thought were scary that were just your dog. Oh. It's a lot. It's a, yeah. a lot of dog. It's a lot of. It's a, primarily a comedy podcast for two people who have the bare minimum of industry heat. Absolutely, make it about themselves. <laughs> if that bothers you, you are correct. Um, oh. It's not a deeply researched sort of doctoral thesis. I don't know if doctors do thesis. It's been ages since I've seen or touched a book. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's generally our vibe. What What do you think, Andrew? Did I? Yeah, I think that's remember? perfect. I, uh, um, prior to the summer, on Mondays, we would read from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. We took a, we've taken a, um, the summer to do some campfire tales from listeners like you, um, which has been a ton of fun. But today, gentle listener, and Anna, if you will indulge me, this episode is coming out on my own damn birthday. It's coming out on the year of our Lord, August 3rd, <laughs> which has always been Andrew Farmer's birthday. It has always been prior to my existence. And long after I'm gone, it will always be my birthday. That's um, true. <laughs> and I know we're all a little exhausted because last week we had our two episode Creepstravaganza celebrating our, our hundredth one of these episodes. But there's going to just be a little mini celebration today. I'm 30. I'm going to be 33. It's not a it's not a big year. But it's also your Christ it's, year. It's oh wow! I didn't. Sorry, even think of that. did I just bring that? Wow! Well, it's exciting. This is a big year. Uh yeah, that's that's true. That's true in its own way. It is it is a big year, but it's also a year where um, most of us in the country here are still quarantining. Many of yes. us are in lockdown. It would not be responsible to have a party. So, in lieu of that, my self celebration today, Anna, if you will be so kind to join me, um, yes. I came across a. Short book I wrote when I was seven years old, um, and this was in the peak of my full embrace of spooky and scary things. Um, yes, yes, and you're I, in it at this point. You're a spooky child. Yes, you're, deep, you're a scare boy. I am. I am deeply a scare boy at this point. Uh, it's 1994. Uh, according to the better handwriting in the top corner of this, it says October 1994. I think my mom wanted to make sure that the date was clear. Um, so I hope you'll all enjoy. We're just going to read three of these one sentence stories. <laughs> um, Anna, I'm going to, I'm going to send you the images just so you get an idea of what the illustrations look like, because you damn know I made illustrations for yes. the cover and each of these stories. I'm very excited. I have not seen these before. I've seen a lot of evidence from your childhood that is similar, but these yes. particular artifacts are new to me. I can't wait to share them with you. I hope I hope we can all enjoy it together. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a, just a, a little history to this. Um, this is kind of just a direct ripoff of a Jack Perlutsky book 
called Nightmares: Poems to Ruin Poems to Trouble Your Sleep. Poems um, to ruin your sleep, <laughs> and kind of they did. And it's this: I, I, if you can find it, uh, gosh, I wish I still had oh. my copy. It's a beautiful. It's like the illustrations are beautiful. The poems are really great and spooky. It's really great for kids who are like just be- uh, beginning to learn how to read and who could like appreciate some very basic poetry. Very very fun. Um, and Jack Perlutsky is the best. A really great, um, a really great figure from our childhoods as as nineties kids. Yes. So Anna, we'll start with the first image here. So uh, I have slightly revised the title of the Jack Perlutsky book. It is very close. It is very close. It is called Terrors and Nightmares to Spelled Trouble Your Sleep. T-A-R-U-S-A-N-D, yes. one word. N-Y-T-M-A-R-S. Um, yeah. The, my, I, it's clear that I have learned how to, like, I've learned this thing of, like, spell it out, but I will be providing the hard text and also the translation. So okay, yeah, great. the, the, the title of this is to and Nitmars to trouble your slap. <laughs> it's good. And, and oh, this oh, drawing. Yes, please, please. Anna, could you describe oh my the drawing? God. I have to say this is, uh, I love your mom's handwriting in the top right corner that says Oct 1994. This is sending me to a very specific place. <laughs> but this drawing, I feel like if it's not a complete copy of something as well, because now I'm sort of doubting you as a creator. Like, I don't know whether to assign this genius to you entirely. This cover is original. The, okay. the actual okay. Nightmares is a skeleton in a wig and a fur coat and a top hat holding a flower. Oh, well, that is who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't copy the cover. You just became it. <laughs> yeah. That is my that is my personality. It's pretty much just that. <laughs> oh, we're all just skeletons and wigs. Um, but it is uh, a boy in a bed wearing like a striped T-shirt and he's mm-hmm. under the covers. And it's like a, a like a the bed has two uh, like a header and a footer with little circles on it. Mm-hmm. And he's asleep and he's dreaming of a giant monster. There's like a little thought bubble and there's a scary sort of like that red monster from Looney Tunes. Yes, it is very much that a little bit, but like more of like a fire guy and then a stick figure going, Oh no. Yep. It's really good. Just to get it across. Um, And I feel like for, for how much you can't spell, like it's an early (laughs) enough part of your development that you're, I think it's very impressive that you were like, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a real life person and then it's showing their imagination, which I feel like I, you should, you should have been some sort of scientist. (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe a part of this was, I think at at around seven, it was getting to the point where um, I was having a very hard time sleeping as a kid. I still loved scary things. It was very much a dead Mikey situation where when the lights (laughs) would go out, I'd be, I'd like want to hide everything scary that I had. Um, And I think maybe my parents might have said something like, you can like scary things as long as you acknowledge that these are just things in your imagination. Got you it. Know? So I'm like creating, I'm creating a larger narrative structure here. That's like, none of these things are real. These are all nightmares. That's really good. This is very good. It did not work. It, um, but you, you took it on board. <laughs> so we'll, so we'll go to this first story, which is a little one-to-one. The illustration is very similar to the first uh, cover illustration, but um, the hard text is, the title of this is, What's Under My Bed? <laughs> Which is the most direct one. It's What's Under My Bed. We understand. 
so I'm going to read the translated version, then the hard text version, just so everyone doesn't go crazy. Okay. Terror. Terror. Under my bed. What is under it? When the wind blows and the lightning flashes and the thunder grumbles. Terror. Terror. Under my bed. Oh. So cyclical. Poetry. It's, mo- <laughs> it's, it's sort of like the beats, you know? It's it, a little it, bit reminiscent of an Allen Ginsberg. I am astounded that my mom and dad weren't like, mm, maybe, maybe let's take him to a place where he can talk to adults for a week about what's going on. <laughs> you would have loved that. I would have been the dream, really. Uh, and the hard text is, Taru, Taru, under my bed. What is under it? When the wind blows and the lanig flages and the thunder grumbles, all one word, Taru, Taru, under my bed. This is just, this is just like Scottish or Irish speak, I think. It, it, I think you just summoned some sort of horse ghost. <laughs> We are screwed. We need to find a a sharpened oak switch. We're done. So I know this is getting a little urban legisody, but I'm going to keep it minor. Um, I just did a little research into the origin of the monster under the bed trope. Oh. Um, Because it's just like a funny, I I was wondering if this was like a universal thing, like across the, the globe or whether this is like an American invention. Did you have any concept of the monster under the bed as a kid, Anna? Oh, big time. Uh, definitely was going to touch my feet if my feet were uh, not covered by blankets. Mm, that makes sense. Um, I was much more concerned with the monsters in the closet because oh, I could because I could see my closet. Right. And we we talked about monsters in the closet uh, during our boogeyman episode, which if you're interested in, we do a kind of a deep dive into the concept of the boogeyman. But Wait, can it- I can I guess what I think it comes from? Yes. Is that um, all uh, like early man and animals sleep on the ground Anna, like mammals? Is it that? It's exactly that. <gasps> Andrew, I should be a grifter. It's insane that I haven't conned my way into academia. I, Anna, I'm, good at, I'm really good at guessing. Andrew. That's exactly it. So Ugh. this is this is from fatherly.com. Uh, this is uh, drugs to me. This is An drugs. article by Joshua Krish. Um, who talks to uh, Peter Gray, who's a psychology professor at Boston College, who says exactly that, that the the rise of the monster under the bed entirely comes from human beings having natural predisposition to not like empty space below them. Yeah. Hell and yeah. and with the rise of a, a middle class being able to afford beds that are off the ground, the concept of there being empty space under the bed, a shadowy area um, – like ticks off a primal reaction we have where where no no like primate would ever want to sleep in an area where there's like a cave below them or a hole below them and it's like awaking that old million year old thing in our heads that is telling us that's a bad idea nobody wants the hole below (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants it which is why people are naturally terrified to get massages we all know that's true i don't like I don't like the face hole. I know. It feels too intimate to me. I don't like thinking about so many faces being in that hole, you know? Well, they do put one piece of paper on one side of it. 
<laughs> so the rest of your face touches. Um, wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. So uh, just a little tidbit. Interesting to note. Okay. Let's move on to the second story, shall we? Yes. Taru, taru. Uh This one is called The Boogeyman. I had Wait. some confusion. Wait, about. we didn't talk about the drawing for uh, What's Under My Bed. Oh, oh, please. Yeah. Can you, can you unwrap this uh, illustration? Yes. Anna? The illustration is a different boy from the first page, or he's in a very different psychological state. Yes. Cause his eyes are wide open. He's looking down and his teeth. It's like a little, a little corn. His, his teeth are big. <laughs> they're chattering. And there's like movement lines over the face, which I think is chattering. Yep. And then he either has his head on a pillow or he's wearing a clown wig. <laughs> well, it looks like with a little bald pet. It looks like a pate. I never know how to say that word, but it looks like you have a bald cap and a, a clown wig. And then under the bed is a very expertly drawn a taru. It's, it's absolutely a taru. It very much appears to be a taru. Sort of um, narrow diagonal eyes with a little dot in each one. And then a toothy sort of Cheshire cat grin. And it's happy. It's having a good time. The guy in the bed is scared. He's a Taru. I think this is entirely taken from Nightmare Before Christmas, by the way. That's fair. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, That that image, yeah. And also this bed doesn't have as much structure as the bed on the cover. I think you were sort of like, we all know that I can draw a bed, so there's less incentive for me to (laughs) draw a good one. (laughs) That's a great, yeah. I I was already getting to the point of like – like lamination exhaustion. I was like, I gotta, I, I can't have knobs <laughs> on the bed. There are going to be no bed knobs here. Knobs. That's what they're called. The <laughs> boogeyman. Okay. So this next one is the boogeyman, which again, I'm, I, there's a lot of confusion over how to spell the boogeyman. A lot of argument. This one, no one is advocating for this spelling of it, which is B O O G E M A N. So the translated version is, this one's pretty simple. Something is down there in the woods. The boogeyman is there. He takes children and eats them up. And the hard text is some teg. <laughs> some teg is tar dune in the woods. The boogeyman is tar. He tacks children and he eats them up. That oh one gets a little God. more creative. That that one's feeling a little more like early English, you know? It really, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, the Boogman, that's what they called. There was a um, sort of a film over that year's corn crop. Or I guess not corn because <laughs> it's in England. But, you know, uh, the tuber crop. <laughs> there was a blight on the tubers. And they Our called friend- it the Boogman. Our friend Nick Packard used to joke that um, the like the Wolfman would be a lot scary if everyone called him the Wolfman. Oh, he's a professional, that Wolfman. Which I enjoy, yeah. I'm Arnold um, Wolfman. Uh, this is my wife, Elizabeth <laughs> Herbst. She, she kept, kept her, her name. name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's important. I'm very it's modern. Important. It's important. She already had a career before. It was going to be too much of a mix up. I'm not the person I used to be. Um, this is <laughs> Anna, great. Yeah, what's this illustration? What is this, this illustration? What is this um, I should note that all of these are on um, loose leaf paper, which Correct. is College very, line. very nice, very nice. Um, it's the Boogman. He's sort of he's absolutely Wolfman, and it's clear that you've drawn a lot of Wolfman. Like yes. you, you're working from a rubric. It's competent. Um, he's got scratchy hands and scratchy feet, and his head 
it's flat. He's facing the left side, mm-hmm. which like would mean something if this were like carved into a, like a crypt of some sort. They'd be like, oh, well, it's facing left in anticipation of the return of Christ. Uh, <laughs> like it me- it feels loaded that the boogman is facing left. I, I don't know. Is it does he work for the devil? I don't know what he's doing, but he's facing left and he's got chompy teeth and angry eye and the back of his head is very fuzzy. And yes. he's uh, standing in front of, I guess, a cave. With trees yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting... Uh, I think maybe I'm attempting to play with perspective here and it's not working out to my favor. Um, yeah, this one is interesting to look at because I, I can definitely tell that I'm like, I have to differentiate this from other werewolves. So I think I like didn't oh. give him an ear, you know? Sure. Or yeah. or the shape of the head is maybe the shape of the head is a little is a little more like xenomorph, you know, from Alien. It's kind of sloping back. Yes, but you're yeah, right. Definitely heavily werewolf influenced. Yeah, but it's nice. I like he. It does. You're right. It feels very ancient. Worth noting also that um, the text is written in a tornado formation, which I don't know whether that was purposeful or what. But that oh, is. Oh yeah, it is. It's all the way to the left of the page. Again, very, very beats adjacent. <laughs> we're, we're playing with where the, the text is on the page to elicit a response. I'm very flattered. Some tag is tar dune in the woods. You have to admit. <laughs> I mean, listen, you can, you, we can try to argue about it, but the fact is something is tar dune in the woods. Anytime Jason comes in to the living room and is like, Hey, what happened to the garden salsa sun chips? I'll just say, I, I etched him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or you just go Taru, Taru. Just kidding. He would never ask me that because he knows that I ate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an ad for Garden Salsa Sun Chips. It's a very long commercial. Yeah, can you imagine the betrayal you would feel if this if this hundred and first episode reveal is it's been a long psychological manipulation to get you <laughs> to get you to eat. A certain brand of salsa. I would love that. <laughs> You'd have to hand it to us in some form or another. Uh, so to close this out, Anna, uh, this is the third and final story. I don't know whether I made more or whether this was it. I think this might have just been it. I think maybe I was like, I'm exhausted. When you I, don't... Sorry. Oh, I, I just, I fully relate to getting four pages into a notebook and being like, I'm too fucking talented to try. <laughs> go to hell, rest of the journal, eat ass. I'm going to go learn how to speed skate on rollerblades. And I did. Um, so this one, this one's probably the most evocative, I think. I'm scared. It, it's titled The Haunted House. I've been there. Oh, That terrible place. <laughs> There's ghosts in every door. Oh. The werewolves are howling. Oh, don't go there. That terrible place. <laughs> this is us talking to um, high school juniors who are like, I'm really interested in NYU. <laughs> and, uh, oh, don't I, go there. <laughs> my, my tone of worldly exhaustion in this is so... Oh, don't go there. It makes me want to drop kick my past self because what did you know, seven-year-old Andrew? I've been Yeah, where where have you been? (laughs) Maybe maybe you're thinking about the haunted house at Disney? 
maybe I think this one might be another because I know there's a poem in Nightmares called The Haunted House. I know that werewolves are not mentioned in that poem. I think maybe I'm trying to insert my own interests in here. Um, because yeah, werewolves are not typically portrayed as being residents of haunted houses, you know? You, look, if it's JJ uh, Abrams gets his lens flares, uh, you can have werewolves. We're all just going to understand you. that that's a thing. Um, Alex Garland gets the tiniest women he can find. He <laughs> shaves their heads and he puts them in a t-shirt and underwear. You can have werewolves in everything you make. Thank you. And and now, I, yeah, what a fun calling card that would be if, if that's if that's the direction I go in. <laughs> just made a straight up, straightforward sitcom and there's just werewolves in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I, I adapt Stuart Little. And it's like, I thought it was so weird when Mr. Little became a werewolf in the end and no one mentioned it. <laughs> um, so the hard text, the original text okay, here. Okay. I'm amazed that I have figured out the, I know the backwards and forwards. It is by and by. It is by far the most frequently spelled correct word in these. That's good. The haunted has. Ibintar. All one word. <laughs> that spelled correctly. One sentence that. Tarable plaz. Thars goats. <laughs> in Avre Dur. Oh, Dur is spelled correct. <laughs> yeah. The warwolves, warwolves, war, warwolves. That's war, warwolves. Wow. Yeah, you're right. The war, warwolves, or huleg. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Our I think howl- our howling. Okay. It's amazing how I really, I really just didn't have time for vowels. I was like, let's get the consonants in there. You know what I'm going for. Grow up. We all know. <laughs> we all know what vowels are. We all get it. That it, it's not it, at this point. It doesn't even feel like I didn't know what to do. I'm just like, I got, I got dinner at six. We got to move on. You had um, more. You had more to say than you had um, skill. And this happens true. to a lot of artists that your your taste will outpace your abilities. I know, and sometimes it. I mean, the greatest fear for any uh, generative artist, right, is that like you just don't you don't know whether your skill has ever caught up to your taste, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, back then, everything was in front of me, so I kind of was just like, it's frankly, it's amazing. I'm putting pen to paper as a seven year old, you know. This is precocious. I'm pretty sure I'm being precocious right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, my my oldest brother went to West Point, and we would drive back and forth between West Point and New Hampshire an awful lot. And I think, like, a thing I would do is I would like write little books for myself. And I'm sure this was made on one of those because wow. October was usually Parents' Weekend at West Point, and so I that's, feel like we would go. That's a really good point, Andrew. Wow, it's impressive that you could do this in a car. Uh, maybe that sort of explains. I, well, no, I was seven. I, I'm sure that I, I can't give myself too much credit. Um, I think it, it more than anything explains the uh, rapidity of that that some of these are, are written with. I'm not giving it a lot of time, you know. Sure. Well, let's get to this drawing yes. because I think I have to say I think this might be my favorite drawing. Oh, thank you. It's up on a craggy rock. One side of it, it's very steep. It's at the top of a very steep hill or mountain. We don't know how big this house is. One side is sort of slopey. The other side, very craggy, very dangerous. Um, Maybe there's more footholds on this side, but if you fall, you're breaking your skull. Um, And it's 
the house, the house itself looks like two houses put together. It's a duplex, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and one has the one on the right has two windows and a door. That's a double yes. doors, which is very, you know, what makes something scary. And it's two doors. And then the house on the left has five windows, sort of like the five on the die, the five sided die. Mm-hmm. Um, or not a five sided die, but the side of the die of dice that has five. Yes. Yes. The, and then, yeah. yeah. And then out of the top left window on the left house, um, and they each have triangle shin- shingled roofs. Mm-hmm. And out of the top left window is a ghost. Emerging. Um, emerging from the window. And at first, I do have to say, I thought this was an arm waving hello, which I <laughs> really like. Very charming. That would be charming. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and and if I just could, this is this. So all of these were found in a folder uh, marked that I wrote. Um, in a big manila folder that says Andrew D. Farmer's monster folder. Um, And I'm going to send you the last, the last picture, which is a portrait of myself, which I think I, what I understood was that at the end of a lot of books, there was a picture of the artist. And I was like, well, I don't have any photographs on me. So I'm going to draw myself. This Anna is the most haunting thing imaginable. Just giving you a heads up. Okay. I'm going to try not to look too hard and just click it open. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my God. One could Andrew, not say that I had an elevated sense of self at this point. You look in time. like every like absolute like London based fashion blogger <laughs> that I follow on Instagram. You have a shaved head, big, beautiful lips, eyes that are half lidded as if you're like, there's no one fun at this party, a green striped shirt. That starts at like the 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 trapezoid muscle. It's halfway <laughs> down your your collarbones. Um, some teal jeans. You've got some chukka type suede boots. Yes. Your arms are at your side. You're wearing a brown belt, and you're in a perspective drawn hallway I, with a framed photo or painting of flowers on the wall. I'm looking at this, and I'm wondering whether I'm supposed to be on a staircase. Like, okay. is that what I am? Like, I feel like, is that what I'm imagining? Because, yeah, it could be that I'm also in a hallway, though, which. Oh, again, yeah, because you're standing on something a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's some sort of altar or step. <laughs> altar. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder if you were copying some sort of um, like author photo from a book. I'm sure. I'm sure I was because, I mean, at that point in time as a kid, everything you do is is you're absorbing so much that you're like imitation is what is all you can really do. You know, it's like, well, I yeah. saw this. And so my understanding of it is how I think it has to be. Oh, big um, time. I also think this, this was also included in there. I won't send you the picture, but um, uh, I think this is from another piece of writing of mine, maybe later, maybe a year or so later, but very puzzling. So there's like a little bio for like, like author bio and it asks questions in type. And then I have them written down. And so it says, when I grow up, I will be, and the blank is a movie star. Uh huh. <laughs> and then this is the most confusing part. Other books by this author. And I oh. have written down, Anna, <laughs> something queer in the woods. <laughs> Andrew, I've been resisting saying this the entire time. <laughs> but you have been gay from the moment you drew breath. 
I I am gobsmacked by this. I cannot believe no one gave me a heads up. This just the fact that I said that and wrote it down and someone kept it. It feels like it feels like someone locked it away in a trunk and kept it from me. But oh I never God. wrote a something book called Something Queer, queer in the Woods. <laughs> How do you get an invite to that? <laughs> I don't know. I think I will say that my grandma used the word queer in in a classic sense. Yeah. Like if something was bizarre or strange, she would say, how queer. And I think I – but also that's really gay. The fact that I was drawn to that word because my grandma said it in a way that I found intriguing. <laughs> that is in fact still gay. Hashtag still is, gay. One could say far gayer. Um, <laughs> but wow – God, Anna, but, thank you for letting me go through that. Um, oh, the idea of making up books that you have written in the past, I, I very much relate to. And listeners, please write in <laughs> if you were a child author with no works. I know. It's also such a bizarre question to have a child answer, too. Like, that's such a weird thing. Previous works. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe good. I'll write it now. Who knows? This is, you know, Jason, I've heard him use this phrase, a, a master without a masterpiece, like different people who like oh. are considered amazing where all their works aren't quite there. And I say you're the you're the opposite. <laughs> where you are a master with a masterpiece. And that masterpiece is this book that I have titled Terrors and Nightmares to Trouble Your Sleep and something queer. <laughs> 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 so we'll share we'll share all these pictures on our Instagram. <laughs> you have to. Scary story underscore pod. Um, it it really. I I just wanted to share it. I thought maybe it would contribute to the greater um, lore of the podcast. You thought uh, right. <laughs> I just and and also if you, I because a lot of you have written about your creepy things your kids have done, which is like one of our favorite genres of story that we receive from you all. If you have a kid that's written something that is suspiciously terrifying, whether on purpose or not, please do share it with us. We'd love to, we'd love to enjoy it together with you. We'd love to enjoy it together with you. (laughs) We'd love that. Um, (laughs) Scary kids and kids who love scary things are very fun. Big fans. uh, Because we were that. And millennials don't grow up. We're having dogs instead of babies. We're still reliving our childhood. Um, yeah. every day. Save your Atlantic subscription money and just, you know, just listen to that sentence Anna said, because that's what there is yeah. to say. <laughs> oh my God. Anytime me or Jason is holding Ladybird like a baby, I say millennials are having dogs instead of babies. <laughs> um, just sort of quoting myself on a podcast, which is hell. I think that's, I mean, that's the grown up equivalent of there's something queer in the woods. You know? There is something queer in the woods. Yes. Um, but hey, we're our own publicists. We are. And Andrew, happy damn birthday. Thank you so much, Anna. I hope you enjoy it and have some good treats. I think Um, it'll be just very nice. And there's some surprises in store. I'm yeah, I I can't wait. Chris Chris is always very good at figuring out little ways to be surprising on my birthday. So I'm very happy for that. We're gonna scare we're gonna frigging scare the (laughs) hell out of it. I'm going to get my ass scared off. The only thing Andrew asked Chris for, for his birthday was to get tased. It's all he wants. So we're going to make it happen. Andrew it's loves pranks. It's a long dream. And that is the something queer in the woods. <laughs> yes. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing these amazing stories with us. Um, Anna, thank you. 
And to all the listeners out there, please uh, remember to like and subscribe to whatever you want. But we'd ask you to consider our, our podcast and leave a good review if you want to. Um, please donate to the Downtown Women's Center. Yes. That information you can find on the Forever Dog website and in the description, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, just keep keep donating, keep getting involved, keep caring, keep showing up. We but for right that. now, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.